0: My name is Tulumu Hoti. I'm the Director for Economic Development Facilitation at the city of Johannesburg.
1: Congratulations on your involvement uh, in hosting Demo Africa 2016. This has been an incredible initiative.
0: Yes, it is. We're very excited. We're very happy that Demo Africa have had the confidence to give us this event to organize this year.
1: So, I mean, just last week, in fact, this is part of uh, an an ongoing initiative you guys have called Fawkes, right? That's right. So we have a digital festival that happens every
0: year that is anchored outside of Bramfontein, which is Johannesburg Digital Entrepreneurship Hub. And it's a celebration that continues up until September. And this is a time where the... You know, entrepreneurship ecosystem across South Africa is focused on Johannesburg and everybody's up here in Joburg. So it's been a very, very exciting
1: week. So this basically is the highlight of that that initiative, I'd say. Absolutely.
0: This is definitely the highlight. Uh, It's very exciting to be here. Um, And, you know, there's so much excitement about DEMO because we don't have many events like this that are pan-African. So there are many events happening in Africa, but there aren't many pan-African events where there's participation and involvement from across the continent, and Demo Africa is definitely the most preeminent of those events.
1: And uh, let's talk about this, this quote-unquote space race that cities across the world and indeed on the continent are in to become the most connected cities. Uh, I know certainly in South Africa, you guys in Tswane have, <laughs> you, uh, Cape Town, Tswane and, and Johannesburg are in this tussle to deliver on this, uh, on this mandate, to deliver the most connected city on the continent. How far along are we in terms of that? And how far ahead do you think you are of Tswane and Cape Town? Well,
0: we can confirm that, first of all, we're the first out of the block, so the rest are followers. <laughs> and, and secondly, we have the largest network and we have the fastest one. Right? Uh, and, you know, for us, uh, this is really about municipal infrastructure as a basic service. So for us, it's not a gimmick. The city is uh, in the process of creating a municipal entity that is providing telecoms and broadband as a municipal service. So we're in this for the long run. It may seem like it's a space race now, but maybe other people are going to run out of seeing. But for us, we're here for the long haul. And you know, just like every resident deserves to be connected to uh, the grid in terms of electricity and water, we think it applies to bandwidth as well.
1: So I, I live in a in a northern suburb neighbourhood in Johannesburg, uh, one of the green leafy suburbs, all the suburbs of Johannesburg. Lovely area. Uh, they've been digging up the whole area, fibre being placed. It seems private entities are jumping on the bandwagon in a big way in upgrading the the, the broadband infrastructure in, in uh, you know in the city. I, I'm just curious to to know where they fit in in your plan. Are they are they partners on your plan? Do you piggyback off their infrastructure? What, what is the um, interaction between the private interests in the space and the public interests?
0: Well, obviously, we're rolling out a very high-capacity network, so we offer it wholesale to the industry, and we do have quite a few customers that are including the the big network service providers, the household ones, they are our customers. So the
1: Vumas, the, the C-Fibers, those, those chaps.
0: And the MTNs.
1: As big as um, even the, the mobile telcos who are now dabbling in the space. Correct, yeah. So, But
0: we're also quite interested in Last Mile because you have to understand that, you know, Uh, You are definitely in the target market for Vumatel, but not everybody who is a resident of Johannesburg would fit into the profile of that market. So you'll see that they are, for example, in the suburbs, uh, middle class suburbs of Johannesburg, but they're not in the townships. But everybody deserves to be serviced. So there's a certain level of service, a basic minimum service that we think everybody deserves and where the private sector is not looking at filling that gap and there's a gap in the market, then obviously we have to go last mile and make sure that everybody gets access. So we have a program of free Wi-Fi hotspots that we've rolled out. There's now more than a thousand in Johannesburg and we're going to continue until the entire city is covered.
1: And so typically what sort of access are you allowing? Is it zero rated? Is it capped is it to a certain amount per individual? How does the average Joburg citizen go about accessing
0: the service? It's currently kept at 200 megabytes a day. Uh, which is quite a good plan. That's about six gig a month, which is more than what you'll get in most of these plans that you pay for. Uh, So it's a good plan. But obviously, you know, we are creating a new municipal entity and so we're quite interested in reviewing that business model and seeing what works uh, over the long term.
1: And so tell me what's happening with the existing infrastructure. We know there's tons of cable under the ground. Much of it, unfortunately, is ripped out by, by people, uh, you know, trying to rip it out the ground and sell it. That's unfortunate, but much of it still remains. And uh, tell me how, if anything, or, you know, the plans you have around repurposing copper that was typically used for, for dial-up.
0: Look, we, we so we, unfortunately we don't have any of that kind of uh, legacy infrastructure. So, you know, I think Telcom is the one that probably owns most of that infrastructure. We do have some copper cabling, but it's for power purposes rather than for for tel for telco. And um, so we don't have that problem as such. But we are aware that there are technologies out there today, you know, where you can transmit, for example. Uh, broadband uh, communications on on a power cable uh, on a live power cable um, so those are the things that this you know our entities are looking into, and maybe we could repurpose some of the existing uh, power infrastructure for that purpose
1: I want you to address three separate entities I want you to uh, address uh Uh, government organizations uh, and I'd like you to address enterprise and I'd like you to address the startup community that um, is beginning to burgeon here in in Johannesburg and other parts of Africa what would you like to uh, to say to them uh, you know uh, what is what is sort of what does Demo Africa or being involved with Demo Africa sort of simmer to the top of your consciousness in terms of this is a message I have for my contemporaries within you know government within governance uh, at a public level uh, to enterprise uh, and, and public public sector players in general and of course to um, to startups and, and everyone involved in that scene.
0: Look, I think one of the things that we have to get right in the space is a clear and coherent division of labor. All of us are doing many different things, but it's not clear to us whether as government we are doing the most useful thing that government could be doing in the space. So rather than we look at the need out there and we develop our own interventions, it makes more sense that we speak to other actors out there and we have an agreement to say in this entire value chain of supporting these entrepreneurs in this ecosystem, what is the role that lends itself more logically to be the role of government where in the value chain does it make sense to have a public subsidy and where does it make sense for private sector to kick in because currently what we have now we as government are doing almost exactly the same things that many of the other players in the ecosystem are doing we all have enterprise development programs we all run accelerator programs we all support incubators so there's no distinction from a programmatic level where you, would be, where you could easily say this is a government type of program and this is a private sector type of program. So we don't need to be doing what the private sector is doing. What we need to do is to do what is difficult for the private sector to do. And we can only do that by having a conversation. So events like this, like demo, give us that opportunity where we're all in the same place under the same roof over a period of two days. And we can have some serious conversations. And we can compare notes across the continent. So maybe there are some things we haven't figured out in South Africa that are doing well in Kenya that are working well or that are working well in Lagos. So, you know, the entire Africa-wide ecosystem is having a conversation over two days and we think it's a very, very useful experience.
1: What I'm hearing in summary is that your doors wide open. You're hoping to have meaningful conversations with all the three, uh, you know, various parties that I just mentioned. You're hoping to interact with contemporaries from across the continent, in, you know, in government, in, government, uh, in private, uh, in private business, as well as the startup ecosystem. And your ears wide open, right? Look, our
0: focus, no matter the area of application or the sector we're focusing on, or the type of programming we're doing, our approach is partnership. We are open for partnership, we are collaborative, we are enthusiastic partners, we are practical and we are looking for anybody that shares those qualities and we are passionate about entrepreneurship. Uh, We recognize that we can't do it all and no one can do it all and we can have a better impact if we work together. So that's our approach.
1: So my final question to you now is rubber midst road situation. We know that the unfortunate truth about most metros on the continent is that the average citizen that lives in them would not be at this event Um, for many different reasons. They're probably making a living doing um, some sort of blue collar hard labor if they in fact employed. And um, that I want you to address the gap between you know, uh, you know, what we tend to be over-enthusiastic about on the continent, this idea that uh, Internet uh, penetration is improving, it's growing faster than anywhere else in the world, mobile penetrations is on the up, but still relative to where we ought to be, relative to the rest of, the, say, the developing world, we're nowhere near where we ought to be. How do you, in your mind as an administrator... Um, uh, you know, balance thinking about the 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 Joburg citizen who is maybe at least two or three wa- years away from their first smartphone, for example, uh, as well as sort of keeping up with the Kardashians, as it were, as far as innovation is concerned with the cool kids here at Demo Africa.
0: Look, uh, I think quote unquote cool kids, eh? <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I think you know technology plays different roles in different lives and different types of lifestyles and we need to be conscious when we are talking about the role of technology that we understand that we are talking about the role of technology in someone's life so for example in western society uh, technology often plays a role in the lives and how people live in a particular type of lifestyle and it's a connector it's a It helps people uh, uh, entertain themselves in themselves, meet each other. So, you know, you know, if you are an African dealing with many day to day challenges of just living your life, uh, you, you might be tempted to say that, you know, it's it's perhaps a little bit peripheral to the real issues. So if if. You're talking about that context where you are an African in an environment where there's scarcity in terms of access to economic resources, access to certain types of basic things that you need in life. There is a role for technology to play, but it must be relevant in your context. So we are not in short of entertainment solutions in Africa. We're in short of solutions that address our basic needs. So that's why we are seeing and we are supporting an abundance of startups, for example, that are involved in power, in water management, in you know uh, uh, sustainable construction methodologies, you know, so the hard, the hard issues, right? So those are the t- types of tech. But you know, the, you also see, for example, in Africa, fintech is big in Africa. And the reason for that is that it's addressing a real issue, which is that people, there is no real retail banking network on the continent.
1: I've got family in Tabanju. I need to send money home. I found a job in Joburg, and it's no use to me if I can't send money efficiently home. It's sometimes as basic as that.
0: Correct. So so if, I believe that you know people that are innovating and developing solutions, as long as they maybe take a you know, design thinking approach and they're coming up with a real solution to a real problem, Where there's a real market, right? Uh, Then the rest, in terms of business, will take care of itself because that's a real business with a real product, right? It's not a gimmick. (laughs) I mean, you can and there's nothing wrong with doing a gimmick. Lots of people are making money, uh, you know, doing all sorts of gimmicks and apps and that sort of thing. But you know, real sustainable businesses are ones that provide a lasting solution to a real
1: need. And certainly, your mandate in a public in a public post in a public uh, uh, your public mandate certainly insist that you think in those terms and not just on the basis of how cool does this make our city look
0: exactly yeah so for example as a city we have an innovation fund in fact we have a number of innovation challenges that we run but one of the interesting ones that speaks to this issue is is a community innovation fund so we invite citizens of Johannesburg to propose innovative solutions to real challenges that we have in water management in power in waste management any area of governance that we are responsible for and it of course achieves you know three things first of all it uh uh, enables us to find solutions and to do things better and so to provide a better service to our very same residents. And secondly, it provides an opportunity for an individual to start a business and a sustainable business at that. And thirdly, it helps to make our city and our business community more competitive globally because the solutions that can then come out of the Johannesburg space can be applied anywhere in the world.
1: Fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Actually, a breath of fresh air. It's really encouraging to know that there are people like you or thinkers like you in our city. Um, I think it's so tempting. Uh, the media fraternity is obviously quite guilty of just assuming that we don't have the best people, the right kind of thinking, uh, You know, taking care of our public interest in, in, in places like the city of Johannesburg. And it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank
0: you. I'm really honored. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you. And thank you for your kind words.
1: Great, man. And I genuinely mean that, man.